0: Hey, hey, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. We got three panelists with you tonight. I am one of them. My name is Ron Luce. I'm sure you're sick and tired of hearing my voice at the beginning of episodes. But joining me tonight, I have the fabulous Nick Hudson and the wonder boy himself, Mr. Cody Delmendo. Gentlemen,
1: how are we doing tonight? the wonder boy what the hell did you come up with that i don't know it was the first thing that came to mind i heard i heard
0: i heard on tiktok today that little snippet from hercules where um i forgot the female character's name and i'm going to get roasted for that but when hercules first meets her and she he's like stumbling over his words and he goes uh, hercules hercules and she goes oh hercules i'd i'd prefer wonder boy and
1: that's
0: that's why I got stuck in my head. So just bear with me today, man. I'm tired. It's been a long day. <laughs> yeah, I feel
1: that. I feel that. Uh, anyway, I'm good though. Um, I'm just uh, you know, it's midway through the week. We got less than ten days before baseball is officially back. Uh, I don't have to watch the Cubs play the Cubs anymore, uh, as much as I've enjoyed it. But other than that, you know, getting excited uh still pessimistic probably going to be pessimistic most of the time uh and i'm not one to be pessimistic uh i was very optimistic the last three years but uh this going into this year i've been just pretty pessimistic about not just the baseball team but the entire year so uh yeah but at any rate i'm you know happy you know baseball's almost here
0: yeah I think I don't think you're the only person that's been pessimistic about this year so don't don't take you don't be too hard on yourself when it comes to that <laughs> Nick how are you doing man
2: I'm doing good man I'm also getting real excited uh I'm on, I'm tired of watching the Cubs play the Cubs it has <laughs> been fun but yeah I'm tired of it I'm getting excited for baseball in general all teams I mean I think it's gonna be a fun race really 60 games so it's gonna feel like a sprint it's gonna be awesome so
0: it sure is man and I'll tell I'm you what I am, I am just as excited as you guys are about a sprint. Um, but let me tell you what I did do today. I sprinted to my fridge, speaking of sprints, because <laughs> I wanted to grab – I, I want to promote this a little bit because I love this beer and you you two can see it kind of here a little bit. So mm. it's called Bleacher Bum. It's by uh, Spiteful Brewing, which is a Chicago brewing company. Um, they're actually located on Balmoral Avenue um, up in the northwest side of Chicago. Um, It is a blonde ale brewed with peaches, and the artwork on it is fantastic. We got a crazy-looking bleacher bum here. It's got the Cubs-looking pinstripes on the can. It's a great-looking can, and actually I had it for the first time the other day. I picked it up at Benny's, and it's a really good one, and I'm going to crack them to some Cubs baseball coming back, guys, because I know I'm excited about Cubs baseball. We are T-minus nine days, nine, days. nine days, and that's man. when we're recording this, so when you guys are listening to this, it's going to be T-minus eight days, which means yep. T-minus seven days until what we're going to call Opening Day's Eve. Um, I know we're yep. all going to be excited. We're going to be gearing up um, with the Tap sports crew for a little Opening Day watch party over at um, owner and founder Mr. Tony Marchese's house. A uh, little dual action, a little Cubs and White Sox action. Obviously, we have a lot of White Sox guys over here at Tap. Also, have a lot of Cubs guys. Three of us are right here. And hopefully, all three of us can get together. and We can crack some beers, uh, watch some Cubs baseball, hopefully in a winning effort against the Milwaukee Brewers on that Friday night, and get the season off to a start. Um, but speaking of starts we got to get this episode officially started so let's let's get mm-hmm. that rolling um, but probably the big news so we'll knock out some news first uh, for you listeners um, and then we're kind of just gonna let this show go where it goes we're gonna talk summer camp we're gonna talk some guys that we've you know been excited about so far uh, some things that are on our minds about this season and just kind of let the conversation flow probably be a, a good you know 45 minutes to an hour of just just fun conversation. You know, we're all excited about baseball, and we, we want to actually start talking about something that's going to be live here, um, really, in, in less than 10 days. So, uh, But first, for starters, is Anthony Rizzo. Uh, not ideal news, uh, if you're a Cubs fan, because obviously his back has given him issues over, what, the better part of the last four or five years? You know, he's, he's missed some time here and there. Uh, right now, I believe it's considered rib inflammation, though, um, which is then kind of in itself working its way to his back and then affecting his back. Obviously anything in your mm. in your core as a baseball player is going to affect you. So um, he's a bit day to day right now. Um, and then another piece of news is obviously the kind of the timing of the COVID tests right now. I think that's something interesting to note um, for those that weren't sure today, obviously because the marquee sports network isn't everywhere yet. So people can't necessarily get Cubs news um, on all of your cable providers, but um, you know, Braylon Marquez, uh, Brennan Davis, uh, Miguel Amaya. Uh, those guys were up and at Wrigley today instead of in South bend. And Brennan Davis actually had, I know at least one at bat today. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, made some decent plays on defense. And the reason for that is they had six guys sit out because of delayed COVID tests, not necessarily that they tested positive, but just because we saw it happen with the David Ross and f- five others, um, of the management group that if they're in a batch of tests with either a positive test or something like went wrong with the test, they have to do like a a second set of like analysis on the grouping and stuff. So it might take a little longer to get those results. And um, I know Wilson Contreras mentioned that that that's his biggest concern about the season. And we're kind of seeing that now. Like what happens if you have six guys that have to sit out a game? What if it's six of your most important players? Now, I think if you're a smart organization, you – space all your starters out into different pools if you can. So that way it's like, oh, hey, this pool today is the one that needs an extra day. Oh, okay, cool. Only Kyle Schwarber's out of the lineup for a day. Granted, not ideal, but at least it's only one guy versus maybe two or three. So, you know, Cody, I want to turn it over to you first. And then Nick, I want to get your thoughts, just kind of on this, all this news cycle, get your opinions on it. You know, what's going through your head with Anthony Rizzo's health and then with COVID testing.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So as far as Rizzo, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I said that past couple of years have been a pretty optimistic guy, and something like this I probably would have been optimistic about. Uh, but considering he's got injury history with his back, it does worry me. Uh, you know, he's getting – what, he's, he's 30 years old, 31, what one of those two. It's I know 30, that. Yep. And uh, so he's getting up there in age. Um, and then, you know, you just – with – Another thing, the fact that they're not playing 162, they're playing 60. So the Cubs need Anthony Rizzo in the lineup every day. Like it's not like, oh, he's just going to go on the the IL for 10 days and, you know, he'll be fine. It's just 10 days. Like he's going to be fine. It's not like that because they're not playing 162. They're they're going to play 60. So every game is just so much more important. So you got that aspect. Then, you know, I know the Cubs have depth, like Victor Caratini would probably play first base if he misses time, but it just it hurts more when it's your best player, I mean, arguably at least, and he's definitely the Cubs' most professional hitter in, in my opinion, uh, as far as being able to take walks, get on base, hit to all fields. And also being able to hit it out of the ballpark. He's probably their best RBI guy threat as well. So there's all kinds of things with that. So missing games, uh, you know, like I said, every game essentially really does matter so much more. Uh, so that's frustrating. As far as like the COVID tests, like I it kind of goes back to just the whole like every game matters. Like, you know. The MLB, they said, as far as my understanding, they said they're going to be on top of this, these these delayed testing and stuff. And so far, they have been uh, completely wrong about that. And not only is that frustrating, but unless they get this figured out and are able to get these tests back to, to teams quicker, it's going to affect teams that are in pennant races in late September, like imagine if the Cubs are, you know, a game or two uh, out of first place or hell might be, even be in first place but are only up by like a game or two. And, you know, Javi Baez has to miss uh, a game or two because the delayed testing or even not the God forbid he actually gets COVID, but I just, but just think about the process of all of that and how, if he, t- if he has to miss a game because of this, it's just kind of like if the Cubs blow it, if they have a lead in the division, you're going to look back at that game or two and you're just going to wonder would it have been any different if he played in that game? You know what I mean? So those are the things that I'm really thinking about as far as like the newsworthy stuff that's going on at summer camp and Rizzo's back. Uh, it's all very – I never thought I'd have to be worrying about this stuff, but it, it is what it is. <laughs>
0: yeah no I agree I agree wholeheartedly man it's it is scary and Nick do you share in that same sentiment I mean yeah it's a good point that Cody brought up
2: yeah I was gonna say with Rizzo being hurt that's a big impact not only is he a good player but he is basically the spirit of that team I mean he's a big like I'd like to know what his spirit is going into this year in general because he drives the emotion of the team and You got David Ross now and they could be a really good combination of just lifting the team up every night to victory, but we'll see. And as far as the testing goes, uh, Cody brings up a really good point because if something were to happen, like you're in first place and because of a late test, it causes you to lose a game. Do they question, do we put an asterisk next to it? Do we put an asterisk next to the whole thing? Because it's like, at the end, are they gonna slowly fall apart because there's supposed to be a second wave? Like is it gonna crash right in between? You know, what's gonna happen? No one knows. So but that's I've been thinking about that more than anything else. How is this year going to count? Is it gonna be considered like in twenty years from now, are we gonna consider this like, wow, that must have been the hardest year in baseball or are we gonna consider it as oh, that's a joke. Yeah. That's what I think about.
1: Uh well, for me and this is my biased opinion coming out, uh if the Cubs win the World Series, there's no asterisks. If they if they if they if they don't win the World Series, there's a giant asterisk. That's my biased opinion and I will die on that hill and I know I'm not the only person that will like ever that. say that.
2: No, I'll take that.
0: I'll yeah. tell you what, man, I'm sure every fan base feels that way right now. It's like, <laughs> yeah. "Hey man, our team wins. It's it's legitimate. What are you talking about?" And then every team that the, the other twenty nine teams that lose are like, go to hell. That ain't a real World Series. Yeah, those sixty games. Yeah, those <laughs> sixty games. You know, and I, I mean, I, I think you can argue for either side. But both of you guys bring up so many good points, and I, you know, the, the the pessimist in me wants to call this episode baseball is almost here pessimism <laughs> because it's just yeah. negative. But they're all valid concerns, right? I mean, you know, when does it get to a point where? What if a whole team has six, seven major starters out of a game because of a COVID test? And it's, yeah. and that's not even like you said. That's not even if they get COVID-19. That's just if they have to delay a test. Like, Which is very possible if, at this juncture. Right. That The whole season could go off the rails. And really, if you think about that, if you are the team that wins the World Series this year, I almost think that is makes it more impressive, especially if you have oh, something yeah. like that happen. What happens if you had three or four games stretch where – three to four of your major starters are out of line. Let's take like the New York Yankees for example, because I don't want to I don't want to talk bad about the Cubs and negatively and like, what if this happens? And then knowing me, I'll speak it into existence and then I'm gonna mm-hmm. get ridiculed about it. So we'll talk about yeah. the New York Yankees. You know, what if Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Glabar Torres, and Gary Sanchez all had to miss a game? Then you're playing a triple A squad. You know what Jeez. I mean? I mean don't get me wrong, the Yankees have a ton of good players. They're obviously one of the best teams in the, in the major leagues right now. But like that's a big deal. No, that's big, yeah. Or or like you guys said, what happens what happens if you're a team that doesn't have deep starting pitching and one of your top starting what if Max Scherzer, okay, that's a bad example because the Nationals have good pitching. But what if like a Max Scherzer or what if a Garrett Cole for the Yankees gets COVID and he's got to be no, out at minimum out there. Yeah, but at minimum <laughs> he's 10 not, days. He's not sitting down. Yeah, well, yeah. At yeah. minimum 10 days. It's like and like what? you guys said, a ten day DL stint in the span of a hundred and sixty two game season is like, okay, fine. You can live with that. That's one mm-hmm. sixth of this season right now. Ten yeah. days is a lot. Especially That's when true. it's sixty games in sixty six days. So you don't even have the, the off chance of being like, oh well, we got a you know, we got an off day for every ten days. No, no, you don't. <laughs> like yeah. You know, there's there's a chance that you could legitimately miss ten 10 games of a 60-game season. And, you know, if it is one of your best players, if it isn't um, an Aaron Judge, I almost said a player on the Cubs. So, again, we're trying to keep the negative juju away from the Cubs. But what if it isn't Aaron Judge? What if it's a Bryce Harper? What if it's a Mike Trout? You know, what if it's one of your star players and all of a sudden that costs you, you know, you go 3-7 and seven in that stretch, your season's over. And that's what makes it, I at least for me as a baseball fan, obviously you want all these guys to stay healthy. Like, preferably... I don't want any. At worst, I want a guy have to sit out one day, maybe just because a COVID test comes in late. Like that's all I want. I at least you know, just as a trying to be a decent human being, I want everybody to be healthy, obviously. But like, yeah, kind of that anticipation is, I think, what makes me excited as a baseball fan right now is because, oh yeah, you know, it's like all these what ifs. And I think the other thing, and I, I kind of want to you know start transitioning us a little bit into something that we mentioned we were going to talk about pre pre show, you know, is this is a legitimate opportunity for some guys to get really hot in these 60 games and carry teams. And, and you know, they, I remember when this was proposed, like every sports media outlets coming out with graphics about historic 60 game runs and like league history. And like each row had like a hundred and something hits in 60 games and like some legitimate, impressive numbers, you know, Barry Bonds, I think had like, I think it was like, 25 or 30 home runs in like 60 games or something stupid like that. Like it was, it was an insane run, you know, that's a, a legitimate thing to, to think about. And especially with guys that were having really good spring trainings before all this shut down. So I guess that's kind of where I want to start transitioning the conversation a little more. You know, we'll, we'll try and talk a little more positivity here. Um, you know, we're, we're a fair show. We'll talk negative if we need to talk negative, And we did, we got that out of the way, but you know, I want, I want to kind of boost the morale here a little bit because there's some guys to get excited about right now in summer camp, and I, I'm not yeah. even gonna go first. I just want to open the floor to you guys. Who's a guy right now, maybe whether it was spring training 1.0 that you, you were getting excited about, spring, you know, summer camp now, or spring training 2.0, quote unquote, you know, that you're excited about now. Like, who are some guys that you guys are just really chopping at the bit for? Nick, I'll let you go ahead and lead this one off, my man.
2: All right, man. I'm definitely excited about Contreras. He's been tearing apart the. Inter-squad pitching, and uh, it's been good to see. Darvish has been a really good pitcher, and he took him deep, no problem. Uh, I'm excited to see Contreras. I'm really hoping that Baez sticks with that opposite-field approach that he had last year. I think that will really benefit us this season, getting guys on rather than striking out. Um, Because he does hit a lot of homers, but he strikes out a fair amount. But last year he kind of changed his approach to swinging opposite field going with the pitches, so I'm hoping he does well. Uh, back to that second base battle, I mean, it's interesting to see, right? So during spring training, Ian Happ was doing pretty well, and Contreras was doing pretty well, and they kind of jumped right back on to where they were. So I'm hoping most of the guys end up being like that. but well, we'll see, but I'm, I'm definitely excited for them. I really am. I want to see what happens with uh, Nico Horner and uh, Jason Kipnis. And maybe David Bodie comes in and it's just like that one year he was our savior. Maybe he turns out to be the guy that carries the entire team. Who knows? Yeah. That's pretty optimistic. But David Bodie has shown that he's great. So, mm-hmm. be uh,
1: um, uh, I'm glad you didn't take mine. I, I got Ian Happ as, as someone that I'm looking at. And I say it because in spring trading 1.0, he was on fire. Um, and which, and it's a big deal because he came into last year's spring training, like looking like straight trash. And that is why he started the year in AAA and basically spent most of the season there. Got called up when the Cubs basically were running out of guys cause of injuries and in offense basically. And you know, he, what he, He hit like 10 home runs in like 50 games or something. He was nuts down that stretch. (laughs) Yeah. I think, like, the last,
0: I think in like the last four series in September when they were kind of starting to fall out of it, I think he batted like 400 or something crazy like that. He was on
1: fire. He He was the National League player, National League player of the week. On his podcast, The Compound, he, they've mentioned this multiple times that he's like the longest reigning NL player of the week ever, or something like that. It's like this long running joke that they have. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, like I said, he's he was hot in spring training. He was hot at the end of the last year, and this is like a big prove it year for him. I mean, after you know he went into last season thinking that he automatically had a spot and like his spring training showed that. And Theo basically said, no, you don't automatically have a spot. And even though I would have rather seen him out there, uh, rather than Albert Almora, that's a whole other story. But anyway, uh, he took that as a sign and, you know, it looks like he's, he's, you know, could this could be like his, I don't want to say breakout year because we'll look back at the numbers, in ten years, be like, oh, those numbers were whatever. But also remember the amount of games. I don't know. All I'm saying is that he. I mean, this could be the start of, uh, you know, a big year for him. And the Cubs really need him to be to be that guy because not only was he a first round pick, but like they've been talking for years ever since Dexter Fowler left that the Cubs have been lacking in center field, and that's probably where he's going to play most of the time because it's either him, Ian Miller, or. Albert Almora and Ian Happ is the only one of them that is a switch hitter, I believe, and can hit monster home runs, but also, you know, get on base uh, via the walk uh, and, you know, actually shows an offensive threat. Uh, Al Mora, obviously a better defensive player than Happ, but like I said, in the grand scheme, I think Ian Happ is the, like, they, they really need him to, you know, be that everyday center fielder. And now that, David Ross is the manager. I think he's finally going to get that chance to, to do that. Um, that was like we've talked about on pa- past podcasts that, you know, love Joe Madden would go to war for the guy, but he played the matchups uh, a little bit too much with certain guys. Um, and Ian half was one of them. Granted, there were times where Ian half struggled and I understood why he would sit him, but uh, you know, I think now is, is, is Ian Happ's chance to really show that he belongs to be an everyday player for a major league organization. And, uh, you know, I like him as far as, as that aspect. And then I think Nico Horner is also a big, a big guy that, you know, he, he, he got called up out of single a last year or double a one of the two. I can't remember, but, uh, he's, uh, you know, he came up and, and produced right away, uh, which not surprising you big prospects do that all the time. So it'd be interesting to see how, uh, Pitchers adjust to him, Uh, but he's a first-round pick for a reason. So we'll see. Uh, I'm 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 big on center field and second base because those are like the two big uh, questions, I guess, for the Cubs. Like we know, we definitely know third base, first base, and shortstop. Like those are the three like spots on the field that we know for sure. And I guess left field and right, but center field and second are like. What what are we doing here, guys? Are we going to play Ian Happ every day? Are we going to d- deal with Albert Almora hitting ground balls to shortstop uh, three or four times a game? And then Nico Horner, d- freaking Daniel Descalso, Jason Kipnis. Like, they're, like, how are we going to play that out? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Kipnis probably be the opening day starter just because he's the veteran, whatever. But at the end of the year, I would hope Horner is probably taking over that spot who knows maybe maybe they start Horner out right away i don't know i, I have no idea how that position's going but i think those are the two spots where you're kind of like weary like i said pessimistic like like i want to root for for Alvarez more but i don't want him playing i don't want him starting any games like i'm sorry I, I the only time i see him in a game is if he's coming in to play the outfield in the seventh thing you know what i mean like like i want to see Ian Happ four or five at bats every day you know Doing what he does, taking walks, getting on base, whatever way he can. And I want to see uh, either, you know, like I said, most likely I would rather see Nico Horner just based on potential and, you know, what we saw last year. But I mean, that's a much different scenario. Hasn't, there's not, I think Jason Kipnis has a lot to prove. He has his career to keep alive, uh, in a sense. Uh, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, things to talk about with those two. But, you know, I, like I said, sixty game season, every game matters. So it's going to come. Like the lineups just mean so much more. And it, like I just think Ian Happ should be part of that. Those first six guys that that are playing every single day for the Cubs. And if he's not, I'm probably going to be upset.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, and that's completely fair. And I think both of you guys bring up great players, right? I, I think all those guys are guys to watch. Contreras has been just hitting the. I'm. 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 I'll, I'll try and stay clean tonight. He's been hitting the absolute crap out of the ball all all summer camp. Like that's a guy that to me is built for a 60 game sprint. Like that he is the guy that could come in and have dare I say it an NL MVP type season in a 60 game sprint. So, yeah. you know, he's he's a big one to watch absolutely. The second base and center field battles are 100% probably the biggest question marks from a position player standpoint. Um, you know, obviously the fifth starter It's probably going to be Chatwood at least to begin the season, uh, assuming things happen. But I'm going to go a little off the board with my guy to watch. And I'm actually going to choose manager David Ross because, like, you guys kind of prefaced. You know, this is a new regime. David Ross is going to play this lineup differently than Joe Madden did for the last, you know, five, six years. That's a big – that alone is a huge difference because, like you said, Cody, you know – Joe would over overplay matchups all the time. That lineup was different every single day. Now, especially in a 60-game sprint, there's a very good chance you're going to see the same nine guys, or excuse me, yeah, same nine guys because DH, you know, same nine guys in some capacity more days than not. Will guys get a day off here and there? Probably. You know, I would expect, especially... But they only in, have
1: like six off days or something like that. Right, like, exactly. Like they, like they, I'm not saying that every single day, like those the top six guys that we're all thinking sure. of have to play every single day. But if we're talking per week, I want to see those guys in, you know, five, five or six five. days of at yeah. least five. Yeah. At least like five. one day a week. You got to give, got to give Kyle Schwarber a day off during the week because a lefty's coming in freaking, uh, I can't think of a lefty, but you know, just like a power left-handed hit pitcher coming in. Okay. I totally get wanting to bench Schwarber and putting, you you know, Sue's out there and left. Like I, I, I get that. I, I totally get that matchup, but you know, we just, like I said, we saw way too much with Madden and I don't know how much it really played into them not winning division in 18. And you know, last, last season just the entire team collapsed cause they couldn't pitch. So, I mean, I, I don't know how much the matchups play much into that, but it's, you, you think about the games early in the year uh, that they should have won, but, you know, certain guys weren't in lineups, and you, it just leaves you, you know, wondering, like, did we th- overthink this? Yeah. Or what?
0: <laughs> no, absolutely, and that's that's kind of what I'm saying. is like, you know, there there's going to be a lot of kind of energy that David Ross is going to bring to this team that has been lacking, and obviously we've talked about it at Nauseam on this podcast over the last, you know, seven months, you know, pretty much dating back to, the offseason when we actually thought there would be baseball on time obviously before COVID-19 was a thing but you know I think the biggest you know you just heard speaking of uh Steven Souza Jr you just heard him come out the other day and say how David Ross is built for this like he's built to be a manager he's a he's a clubhouse guy he's a player's coach but he's gonna be stern and he's gonna keep guys accountable and like That's what you want in a manager, you know? And, like, the laissez-faire is nice when, like, you know, you have a young team. And, Cody, I know you and I have talked about this at least once about, you know, when you got that young team and they're so excited and, oh, we're going to be good and we are in the up-and-coming, you can be a little more laissez-faire. But once Mm -hmm. these guys experience success, and I think we've all dealt with it at some point in our life, once you experience a little bit of success, you think sometimes just it's human nature to stop working as hard. And so... Mm -hmm. You know, that's where you need that motivational, you know, not necessarily stern, but just got, that's going to hold guys accountable. It's just about being accountable. You As a coach, you don't have to be an ass. Like, right. you know, I had a, some of my favorite coaches weren't asses, but they held you accountable. And that's how it should okay. be, as, especially as, if you're a pro. You know, it's one thing when you're a high school or a college level athlete, but it's another thing when you're a professional baseball player or a professional football player. You know, you're making at least, you know, livable money as an MLB everyday player to play a kid's game. Like, you should yeah. be held accountable just like you, it's a normal job. You know, if like in my case, I work as an accountant every day. If I don't, you know, hit my deadlines, I'm not being accountable, I'm going to lose my job, you mm-hmm. know? And it's it's got to be the same thing with, with David Ross. And I, I again, I'm, I'm so excited about David Ross, getting to see him. I'm actually happy there's going to be at least some of the season where we can see him manage. You know, I want to mm-hmm. see his you know, his coaching style. I want to see him yell at an umpire from the dugout. Obviously they can't get in the umpire's face because the whole, you know, COVID rules. And I respect Mm -hmm. that. That's fine. But (laughs) I want to watch him yell at some dude from the dugout. Like that's what I want to see. I want to see that flair as a manager. I want to see what makes him tick. I want to see what he thinks, how, because especially he's a catcher, that's the beauty of guys. I mean, you look at across baseball, how many former catchers became managers? So many. Mm -hmm. Mike Sosha was one. Uh, Joe Girardi's another, the two that come off of my head right away, you know, they have to be kind of that field general in a lot of ways as a catcher. You're managing pitching staffs. You're managing, you know, a lot of times, you know, veteran catchers probably call shifts. You know, you, you're probably the most well-studied guy on the field besides maybe the pitcher uh, on a day-to-day basis as a catcher. So, you know, I want to see that catcher brain come out as a manager for David Ross and how he operates the bullpen. You know, how he operates, like you said, defensive switches. When is Almora coming into a game? If he is at all, are you comfortable leaving Ian Happen for, you know, you have a one or two run lead in the seventh inning or eighth inning? You know, do you bring in that defensive sub to just get that glove out there? Um, which obviously, you know, Cubs on tap personnel and, and our boy here at on tap sports net, Brian Mischler, will argue otherwise that Almora's glove is not that great. And there are numbers that actually do show that he's. It's an average <laughs> glove, but but still, you know, he's he's more of a defensive specialist than he is like an everyday center fielder. So if he's playing his role, you know, when do you bring him in? When does a, you know, an Ian Hat move over to left field for Schwarber in that situation? When does maybe an Ian Miller, especially if he makes, again, and this is a guy I've been big on. I've, I'm about to write another article on him. Shameless plug. Um, You know, what happened? Do you bring him in as a defensive sub in like left field in – say, the 7th or 8th inning. I want to see David Ross and how he manages this team. So that's what I'm excited to see. My guy to watch because you guys you guys covered all the guys, right? Wilson Contreras, 100%. You know, that second base in general, I don't think Del Scalzo sends a chance, but Kipnis and Horner, absolutely. That's going to be a battle. Um, you know, center field, you know, hopefully Ian Happ getting that everyday center field job and, and being able to really run with it because, you know, like we said, I think that AAA was good for him last year because he came up, like you said, Cody, and he hit the living crap out of the ball. Yeah, and you know, I want to see. I and it all comes down to how you going to manage your talent on the roster, and that's why I'm excited to see David Ross.
1: Yeah, no, I uh, I'm with you, man. I you mentioned Descalzo. I I really don't know what his role would be outside of like a a nor like a you know your late inning like pinch hitter, and and you can I mean I laugh at me for saying that because he was so bad last year, but I do like they when they signed him, I was like ex, like it wasn't that I wasn't excited because he was like the only free agent signing they did going into 2019, but he had a decent year with Arizona the season before, uh, as just like a, you know, a professional contact hitter, which is like something the Cubs had really lacked. So with, you know, and he was kind of like supposed to be Tommy La replacement, I guess, which in the grand scheme really sucks now. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think that if if he can get back to how he was in 2018, because, I mean, he might have something to prove too. like after his like his contracts up after this season. Like, is anyone if he has another season like 28 or 2019, no one's going to want to sign that guy and he's in his 30s. So he's got something to prove these these veterans like there's pros and cons if they're coming in and they have some, and, and they have something to prove, uh, you know, if they if they If they haven't played well of recent, they know that their career is, like, on the line. And I feel like that's where Jason Kipnis and Daniel Descalso are. You know, like, if he can, if Descalso can be, like, that late-inning, like, pinch hitter, like, Tommy LaStella type, who comes in when you need a big at-bat and can, you know, do that, I think that's his solid role. But as far as, like, second base, I think it's definitely between Kipnis and and uh you know horner and whether it's i mean i know kipnis is a lefty horner's a righty so maybe play more matchups star of the year and just go based off who's having a better season i I don't know I, i that's that's something for for david ross that i'm sure he's thinking about every single day and is trying to figure out when to play them most um but yeah, man, I, I think second base, center field is just like the biggest questions, and you know I I it sucks because you know I, I still think back to you know the Cubs when they had Dexter Fowler, he was just such a tone setter on offense, and then he was always you know he wasn't electric or anything out in center field, but he always you know made made the plays that were supposed to be made, and we all thought that. When he signed with the Cardinals, like, we all love him still because, you know, he won the World Series, hit the Game 7 home run, whatever. But ever since he left, they just haven't had anyone in center field they can leave out there consistently. And that's what makes me miss Dexter Fowler the most. And the thing is, is like, I shouldn't even miss him because he really hasn't been that great over in St. Louis. So who knows if he would have continued to be what he was with the Cubs. I don't know. That's something we can always just, like, think about. But, you know, the the reason that it sucks, though, is that – they, they, we all thought Albert Almore was going to be that guy, because he was first round pick, Theo's first draft pick, and he just hasn't lived up to it. I don't know how much more time this guy's going to get to prove that he belongs on a major league roster. Like he led the league in ground ball rate last year. This guy is, is hits straight grounders the second or short every time he's at the plate, and I don't. It's not that I'm asking him to hit, you know, 20 home runs a, a year. I'm talking. I'm just asking him to hit hit the ball hard in the air somewhere like in the gaps or uh, hit singles. I, I don't, I don't care. Just like do something more than hitting ground balls. Like it's, he's just so frustrating to watch and it sucks. Cause I think he could be like a five tool guy. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but like he, I've seen him be aggressive on the base paths uh, that in ways that are positive. And then like I like you said, there are reasons you can argue that he's not great defensively or not elite defensively, but We've seen him make some great catches out there. He, he's trying to be a lead out there. You, you hit it out there toward him. He's always you always have a chance for him to catch it, you know. So to have that kind of glove, you just wish that he could figure out the offense. And that's why, you know, it's just so frustrating. And then, you know, sixty game season, it's 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 just gonna come down to who's hot and who's not. And I feel like Albert Almora's leash is very short. And that might be a little unfair to him, but like I said, every game matters. There's no you know, if he starts the season 0 for 10, I don't know how many more chances you can give him. You know what I mean? No, absolutely.
0: I, and, and speaking of hot or not, that just brought me back to middle school with that terrible app. Nick, what are your thoughts on the whole Albert Almora situation?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting with Albert Almora. You know, I lost a lot of faith in him last year. I've
1: lost faith in him, like, for the last two years, man. It's yeah. been hard.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I lost more last year, but yeah, I have been losing. I never, I liked him, but he never really produced to where I was like, I really like him. Also, I always have a thing against guys that don't have good plate appearances, just in general. And he is the king of just one, two, three, that's
1: it, done. He swings at the first pitch every single time, which I I like aggressiveness. Like, Javi Baez is a lot like that. The thing is, is he (laughs) hits it, man. Like, that's the thing. Like, he hits it hard somewhere all the time. All the time. and And another reason why I support, you know, swinging at that first pitch is because... Pitchers are just so much more uh, electric in today's game compared yeah. to 10 years ago. I mean, every single one of them Yeah, every single one of them can throw a fastball, you know, 98 or harder and then you got you have that to go with their changeup, curveball, slider, whatever. Like it's, it's not fair. It's no. not fair. So it's like you see a first pitch fastball, go after it. Thing is, is Al Morris sees those all the time, but he doesn't hit them hard. I'm he like, can't
2: what hit them. Yeah, he sees them all the time. Rakes. It's like
1: they Jason work. Hayward, 2016, ground ball to second oh, base every man. single time, man. Like, at least it's Jason Hayward is. figured it out at least a little bit. I mean, a bit. that's a whole other rant, but yeah.
2: like <laughs> a guy that we haven't really focused on, but that I definitely just remembered that obviously we're watching leadoff Chris Bryant. It's going to be interesting to see mm-hmm. that. That's yeah. gonna be interesting because he had just started coming back from that really just horrible. He he. In my opinion, he did pretty well last year, but well, he's I, not back.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, so he. I thought he was like back, like in like June, July of last year, and then he had that like knee injury in uh, San Francisco. I think it was. And, like, he was, like, in the cage or whatever, and his knee got – or his foot got hooked on something in the cage and oh, yeah, ended up are, yeah. tweaking his knee. It was a classic Cubs injury. We Off-air, we were talking about Brandon Morrow's pants injury. <laughs> Jose Quintana washing dishes. We could do a whole <laughs> podcast on the stuff. Uh, Which, speaking but, of, I believe he's resuming throwing. I just want to throw that in no, that Oh, that, that's good. Finally. That's a good thing. <laughs> uh, but, no, yeah, Chris Bryant, though, he – he totally was, he was, he was hitting the ball. Well, and I just remember they went on that West coast trip and that happened in the rest of the season. He was just kind of just nothing like you, you is numb. Like I, if I could remember the day and game that it was like, you could go on fan graphs and just mark down from that date to the rest of the year, his numbers were absolutely terrible. So it's like, I feel like injuries are just kind of the the issue that he's had, and that's why the Cubs haven't extended him. Like I'm all about extending him because I think he is the 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 talent five tool player, underrated base runner. Obviously a 30 to 40 home run uh, season guy, going to be one of your top RBI guys. Gives you a great bat. You know, even when he was struggling, he was at least getting walks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he can he can do it all. But as far as you know, being the Chris Bryant of 2016 and even 2017. Uh it's he hasn't been that like the last couple of years because of injury and you know because of COVID, I was like going into this year. It's like, all right, well, if we're not gonna extend him this offseason, he really has to give us like a you know 30 plus homer uh you know nine fifty OPS season to to get that extension that he wants and I mean I don't know how much money this guy really wants he keeps saying that every th- all the reports about him wanting 250 plus a year uh, over 7 8 years or whatever are false like he's insane that he hasn't technically said what he wants like that's yeah. the whole thing but you know he's the best option to bat lead off because like I said he he gets walks he you know makes contact and, you know, him, Rizzo, back to bag, you know, two doubles, one, one or one zero, start the game. Like, I'm fine with that. Let's, let's roll. <laughs> like, I, there's, if you, you know, if there's anyone else, I guess it would have been Ian Happ, but, you know, they tried that, didn't work out. Uh, but, you know, Chris Bryant's your best hitter and a lot of teams have been using their best hitter in the leadoff role. You know, I, I know Francisco Lindor is like one of them, uh, for the Indians, uh, yeah, I, I I'm rambling now, but <laughs> no, you're
0: on, a, and it's it's funny that you bring up, um, you know everything just in general with Chris Bryant, right, and everything that's going on and the money and you know it, it, there is so many. I think we're seeing a lot of it now too, especially with so many of these leagues having to agree to new CBAs and such. Of how much crap is just leaked just to create public opinion, like it's just to turn people against people. Like that's all it's for, you know. Chris Bryant could literally be like, I, I literally haven't said I want any kind of money, but like his agent or somebody in the agency could have been like, no, he wants he wants three hundred million, and then the Cubs are like, what? Yeah, he hasn't told us that, but then of course the Cubs are like, three hundred million, and then reporters take that and spin that into Cubs won't pay him three hundred million, and then it's just an absolute <laughs> garbage fire, dumpster the fire, exactly. Yeah. You know, but I agree. I I'm I'm very intrigued to see Chris Bryant in the leadoff role and. And um, you saying you know Cubs start every game one nothing back to back doubles. I think I think our our boy friend of the show Mister Dom Frederick just his ears perked up from halfway across the the city right now um, <laughs> as he heard that in the in the wavelengths of Chicago baseball right now he was just like what <laughs> he, he was ready you know yeah. uh, but it's so true like I mean. You know, especially in a game, especially in a season where every game matters, why the hell not give your top players more at-bats? Naturally, you're going to get more at-bats. You start higher in the lineup. You know, you're not getting no hit every single game. So, naturally, one through four is going to bat more than five through nine. You know, why not have –
1: the purists, they, they they're never gonna understand it, but like the leadoff role just isn't the same as it was no. twenty years ago. Absolutely like, not. Like no one steals bases anymore. And no. if they do, I mean I was it, say the the, the lead leader is nowhere near what like it used to ooh, be. Like there were the, guys who were stealing 70, 80 bases a season. Now it's like what your top one's usually like fifty. You know, maybe. like
0: and that's yeah. that's on the high end. I think Jonathan VR lately has been the top guy, and he's usually in like maybe the forties. I mean, but you bring up such a good point, though. It's like the yeah. leadoff hitting role has just become such an evolution, even over the last 10 years. I mean, hell, right. even 10 years Well, ago,
1: analytics have become such a big thing. And, right. you know, all the analytical guys are saying that stealing bases is, you know, it it's doesn't, not per- it, it's not efficient. Yeah. yeah. like, And well, I don't know how they figure that out. I just listen to what they say and, and, and develop my own take over it. Yeah. I mean, the Cubs have never been a stolen base squad. In 16, they didn't steal bases. I mean, Dexter Fowler was, like, the only guy who did, and he didn't even steal that many And because he, cause he wasn't mean, not that fast.
0: I mean, H- Javi Baez led the team last year with, like, 11 stolen bases. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's the yeah, only yeah. dude on the roster at double digit. I think Rizzo was third on the team with, like, seven. Like, that it, it just <laughs> – that shows you what the team is. But, like, no, but right. it's so true. I mean, I think back 10 years ago, you had guys like Scotty Petsednik in the league, Juan Pierre – I mean, yeah. Carl Crawford was that guy for a long time. Now granted, I would say Crawford had better pop than the other two. Like he was a run producer as well. But mm-hmm. Carl Crawford, BJ Upton, you know, you think Alfonso
1: Soriano. Yeah,
0: <laughs> young Alfonso Soriano stole bags. Like the stealing base game is so different now. Like literally that's why I I'm gonna go a little off topic here. Like I'm I'm about to start fantasy baseball here. Our draft's gonna be this Sunday. We're doing head to head points and I don't give a damn about stolen bases because nobody steals bases anymore that's why i don't want to play categories because stolen bases is always a category and i'm like that's such a stupid category now guys because it's not like you said it's not relevant nobody steals bags anymore you got jonathan vr is like the only dude in the league that's going to consistently steal over 25 bags in a season maybe maybe like a byron buxton maybe Hmm. like a mike trout might steal like 20 just because he's a freak of nature but like aside from those guys Who's really stealing like there is no Juan Pierre in the league really anymore. Billy Hamilton's probably the closest thing to Billy him.
1: Hamilton, yeah. I was trying to think of who and of something like that. And he's yeah. not
0: even an everyday player
1: anymore. That's the problem.
0: You know, he go yeah. he went to what Kansas City last year? He yeah, didn't even start yeah. every
1: day. He'd come hey, if You're in not and, starting for the Royals. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: if we were saying that in twenty fifteen, it's a different narrative. But yes, lately I agree with you. You know, but, yeah. it's, but just it's it, like you said, it's such a different game. So, why not load the top? of your order? Why not have Bryant Rizzo a Schwarber and then Contreras as your five? Holy mm-hmm. shit. If I'm a, uh, well, we'll have to mark it explicit now. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> you know, but just like, holy shit. If, if I'm a team and you want your best five guys to get on the board, you have an opportunity of five guys in the first inning hit a round. That's two runs at least. Yeah. You're up two nothing before the, the team even potentially gets a chance to bat if you're on the road. You know, and, and speaking of road, um I actually have the schedule in front of me and this is something I will want to get to here in a second. We don't have to rush to it. But you know, their first road series is against the Reds. You're telling me they can go into Cincinnati that first game and set the tone early against the team that every like prediction has them competing against for the division title, and you're up two nothing before the Reds even have an at bat. Hell yeah, that's what I want. You know, like you said, get your best players as many at bats as possible because I don't care and, but here's the crazy thing is Chris Bryant might not steal a ton of bases, but Chris Bryant's arguably one of the best base runners in the major leagues. If he's yeah. on second base and Rizzo hits just a little fluky s- single, mm-hmm. chances are as long as he gets a good jump, he's scoring. It doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: Well, even if Bryant's for me, I see Bryant's like base running it. Like, as like when he's going from like first to third, on like, oh, he's unbelievable, on, on like a single that you wouldn't think anyone would go first to third on. But his, like, it's kind of like Javi Baez's instincts sometimes, mm-hmm. except, you know, I, Javi Baez is just like his instincts are much more than just the base pads. It's, uh, you know, on defense and, and at the plate too. But, you know, he goes from first to third all the time, uh, on, on hits. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I, There's no better person to put in the leadoff spot for the Cubs. If they weren't going to go out and sign someone who's proven to, you know, have a 380 on base in the leadoff hole, they ain't going to do that. Then let's throw Chris Bryant there. Hopefully it works out because if it doesn't, I quite literally couldn't tell you who to put there.
0: I was going to say literally like the only name connected to it was for so long was Whit Merrifield because he could come in and not only be your leadoff guy, but he's a good second base and center field option. Um, and when they were just like, nah, we're good. It's a little rich, which is fair. Cause he's, he's already like 31 years old. So I get not wanting to give up a ton of assets for him. Um, yeah. so like, I agree with you, you know, there is no better guy on this roster right now than Chris Bryant to be that leadoff guy. Cause like you said, if he walks and Rizzo gets a single, he's on third base more likely than not, you know? And, and then if Baez comes up and hits another single, Chris is scorned. So you know you're up one nothing in your first three batters, and, and that's absolutely invaluable. Um, just one quick stat I want to say because then I want to transition a little bit here, guys, to talking a little bit about the schedule that's going to be coming up because this is actually relevant now. We can actually talk about a little bit of a schedule um, <laughs> since baseball is going to be back. But um, a graphic I've seen floating around today after Marquee Sports Network had the um, Cubs summer camp scrimmage on on their broadcast today. Obviously, Xfinity customers can't watch it yet, so I didn't watch it today, but. That, <clears throat> We could do a whole podcast on that, so I won't even go down that rabbit hole. But <laughs> home runs, home runs by lefties last season in 2019, post All Star break, they put up a graphic. Three names, third, technically tied for second. Bryce Harper had 19 home runs post All Star break, impressive. Juan Soto, arguably, came on as the hottest player in baseball in the second half, helped lead the world, you know, the, the Nationals to a world title at age what 21. Mm-hmm. 19 home runs in the in in post All Star. Kyle Schwarber led the league for Lefties post all-star break homers with 20. That just shows how damn good he was. And that's a guy we didn't even mention in our summer camp look forward to. I want to see if he can be that second half Schwarber again. Before yeah, we- he's
1: he's a lot like uh, you know, kind of like Ian Hap. Ian Hap, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, w- I, w- I would say that he's got that job solidified a little bit more than Ian Hap, for sure, sure. Because yeah, he hasn't been. He hasn't grown into a superstar, but he's been a decent star. Like, he's given the Cubs 30 home run seasons, you know, got some big hits, whatever. Uh, And then, obviously, we know about the World Series. But, uh, yeah, no. Kyle Schwarber, if he's going to turn into, like, an elite superstar, that's going – like, this is the year to do it. And then it kind of – I mean, I I don't want to say this, but it kind of gives you, like, the leeway to kind of, like, be okay if you're not going to extend – you know, whether it's Brian bias or Rizzo in the future. I mean, uh, I was talking to a buddy tonight. He kind of said, you know, with, with Rizzo's like back issues, you're kind of thinking if this continues, man, how can you extend this guy uh, when you have to, if it becomes a serious thing, obviously you gonna have to pay him a lot more money when that comes up. You know, if Kyle Schwarber turns into a superstar, like if he plays like second half Schwarber for an entire year, for the next two years, I mean, obviously, he's gonna. You know, only sixty games, so like his numbers won't equal what the next season would be. But like, like if he can put up numbers like that, though, it kind of gives you the little like the leeway to be okay with letting one of those three walk or trading one of them, because at least you know you have him. At the same time, I wish we could keep all four. <laughs> Don't we all, man? <laughs> no.
0: That's that's when baseball oh. becomes an absolute bitch, is when money gets involved, man. Well the thing,
1: it. I mean, we talk about Bryant like wanting so much money and obviously gonna have to pay Baez and then Rizzo eventually. The Cubs are only paying Shorber like seven million. Like they're they're not paying him much of anything. He's one so, of the best
0: contracts in the major leagues.
1: Yeah. So like if he you know continues to the stretch, you can offer him a nice extension when you need to and you're probably gonna get good value on that anyway so yeah i yeah i'm definitely rooting for that guy kyle silver is like the most like relatable like baseball player i think any fan can have because the guy's not like a superior athlete or anything. He just walks up to the plate and hits freaking monster moonshots. Moon shots. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's you in your backyard. Like as <laughs> like, that's the wiffle like, ball attorney in the backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's who Kyle Schwarber is. That's why everyone said he's like the best guy to be in your home run derby, which you should have won a couple years ago if it wasn't for a Bryce Harper playing in his home park, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but
0: no, you're good, man. Nick, you got you got any final thoughts on Schwarber before we uh, talk a little schedule before we get out of here?
2: He's a monster. I've always liked him. I've always rooted for him. I always thought the coolest thing that he did was 2016, coming back from that injury into that spotlight and just doing the thing that arguably might have won us the World Series.
0: Yeah. That DH role played a big, big, big role in that series, and I, I think a lot of people overlooked that just in hindsight oh, because, yes. you know, I mean – you look at their success in Cleveland. They won one game at Wrigley. They won three in Cleveland. So, you know, well, I think I think him being in the lineup every day, and as somebody who's had an ACL tear, I can attest to it. That's not fun coming back from. And he had more than just an ACL. I had, thankfully, just an ACL. He had
1: the MCL too. He
0: had the MCL too, and that's nasty. That's that's six yeah. to nine months. Mine, thankfully, was three to six, and because I was a just a lunatic in physical therapy, I came back in three. But. Um, you know, it's, it's tough. So I'm, I'm right there with you, Nick. I, I, I hear you, man. And, and yeah, he's, he's a warrior. He's, he's a good one. We got to, this has been a juicy episode for so far and we're going to get a little juicier here because we're going to talk a little schedule and here's the fun thing. So obviously we're talking Cubs home opener, July 24th, 610. Be there against the Brewers. You can maybe get a rooftop ticket if they're still selling them. I don't even know. I tried looking. Three hundred dollars, so guys. <laughs> I'll yo. I'm at the point where I'll pay it. Honest to God, I'm close. um, doesn't even bother me to pay it. It's just I went on their site the other day and it still doesn't show availability for tickets. So that kind of pissed me off. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Nonetheless, we actually have three games that are going to happen prior to that game. I think a lot of people forget about that. So um, every team's kind of playing a few exhibition games. Um leading up to, you know, other than obviously these inner squad games that are happening where it's, you know, Cubs versus Cubs, you know, Sox versus Sox, Rays versus Rays. Toronto Blue Jays started getting creative and doing like Team Bo Bichette versus Team Randall Gritchick just to switch yeah. it up. Um But we're actually going to be able to see the Cubs play three times against AL Central opponents before the actual regular season even starts. So um starting actually this coming Sunday, uh, July 19th, the Cubs will have a – it's a split squad. So I think they just deem it a split squad because its they can put whoever the hell they want in there. But um, they are home versus the White Sox uh, for a game that starts at 7.05 Central Standard Time – or excuse me, Central Daylight Time if we're getting precise here um, on the 19th. On the 20th, then they go to the south side to play the White Sox once again. Same, same setup here, uh, split squad terminology. Um, the twenty first, they are off, and then the twenty second, they will host the Twins at six oh five. Uh, that White Sox game also is at seven ten. So they're all night games, um, all you know, summer camp roster teams. And then they get a break on the twenty third, and then you know, play ball twenty fourth. Milwaukee Brewers at six ten local time here in Chicago is the Cubs opener, and then twelve oh five and one twenty, uh, respectively, to finish out that series. Uh, and then to round out the month of July, the Cubs go to Cincinnati for four game set Um, all those games will start at either 540 which is the first three games local time 510 is the last one on the 30th and then they're back home on the 31st to start a series against the Pirates uh, starting with another Friday night game so they're they're doing a lot of Friday night games which will be cool just because of the condensed schedule Um, so you'll get to see Wrigley under the lights on a Friday night which is is rare um, as, as most Cubs fans know, but guys just, uh, you know, very quick thoughts from both of you. Um, whether it's these, you know, split squad, quote unquote games before the season even starts, um, I'll be probably signing up for Hulu on Saturday then. Cause I want to watch those on Sunday, Monday and Wednesday. Yeah. But, um, again, we won't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you know, it's kind of like a little sneak peek, maybe for some of these guys that they expect to stay in South Bend and be working out just so they can get some actual game action. So I just kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on the rest of July, really, of Cubs baseball. Couple couple exhibition games and then 24th, baby. First pitch, let's get after it. 60-game sprint.
1: Uh Yeah, man. I mean, it'll be nice to see them play against another team outside of themselves. Uh, You know, these. when they play the White Sox for one or two of them, right? Yeah. Uh, so that'll be a good test. Obviously, the White Sox would be getting a ton of hype. Uh, the amount of Eloy Jimenez uh, you know breakout season articles I've seen with him highlighting them is not only giving me an aneurysm, but uh, you know, it's just making me sad in general. But uh, yeah, they're getting a lot of hype over there. So even if it is an exhibition, it'll be cool to see them face off against a potential you know division winner. Uh, and see see where this team's at i mean you know they've been playing against themselves and it's it's been weird because it's like oh Javi Baez and wilson Contreras hit home runs yesterday but also cubs pitching gave up those home runs so it's like how am i supposed to get excited about this like tyler chatwood you still suck okay cool great awesome uh you know i mean you darvish's hair was looking great again when he gave up that home run to 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 contreras cool whatever i don't know like it, so, yeah, being able to see them go up against some actual game or some actual people, it's going to be good. Uh, think that, I think that – I think – personally, I think the Brewers are going to be trending down this season because they lost so many guys. I say that, and I feel like I've said this the last two years, so I'm probably really off. And Christian Yelich is probably going to just <laughs> go absolutely off now that I said that. But um, I think I think the the Brewers are going to be the team that – Trends down more so than outside of the pirates and in, in, in the division Because I think the reds are going to be really good So I mean the cubs starting off, you know against milwaukee is going to be it be it's going to be big and you know, I The brewers they the last couple of years even though they've been good and made the playoffs They always start out kind of slow and they don't they don't get going till second half of the year or whatever so it's kind of like What are they going to do in a season like this where every game really matters? The guys aren't going to come They're not going to hit their strides right away. The Cubs are a team that can do that. I think the Brewers are really outside of Christian Yelich. I, I I really, and a few of their pitchers. I, am I, I, the Cubs, if they're going to win this division, they have to beat teams like Milwaukee and Pittsburgh and then just battle it out with St. Louis and and Cincinnati. I think Um, that, like I said, I could be completely wrong about that. But, yeah, I mean, them starting out against Milwaukee, if they can take two or three or, hell, win all three, uh, it's a good a good way to go into Cincinnati against a really good Reds team that I think is going to make some really big noise. Uh, so, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's all I got on that. Nick, what you got?
2: Man?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I'm terrified of the Reds. Boys, I'm terrified. I mean, yeah. I've always not liked playing the Reds because I have some horrible memories of just awfulness with the Reds as a child. But even <laughs> now, it's still, it's still hard.
1: It's yeah.
2: hard. To watch. So this year, I mean, I'm scared. Even even their bullpen, they took stroke. And who yeah. knows? Yeah. Just, like, oh, man. They got a lot of people, but. I'm also excited to see them not play, the Cubs not play the Cubs. Because, like you pointed out, Cody, I uh, also feel that way when I see headline Contreras hits a home run off you, Darvish. It takes away the magic a little bit. Yeah. So it'll be it's, nice. it's just kind of
1: like, oh, cool, Contreras is on fire. Oh, wait, dark not yeah, oh home runs. Like, should I get worried? Like-
2: <laughs> exactly. exactly. I'm, not, I'm honestly interested to see what kind of spirit each club's going to have coming out, like, right from the gate? Are they going to be, like, running through every play, pop-ups and all? Are they going to be lounging around? Are they going to be pissed off? Like, who knows how they're going to be because you don't know how this whole thing's going to be. Are they going to get the testing figured out? Are they going to be able to keep the guys healthy? Are the guys going to be able to release steam afterwards the way they normally would? Probably not. They probably can't do the things that they used to do. Most people can't. So it'll be it'll definitely be very interesting. I've I've been thinking about this season like every day and because 'cause I, I'm a holistic baseball guy too. I mean I love my cubbies, but I love to watch races around the entire league and it's gonna be cool. I, I really do think it's gonna be cool.
0: Yeah. I agree with you guys both. Uh, there's there's a lot to unpack with this season. I'm just excited for live baseball. Uh I'm I'm very much looking forward to um, being at, you know, with the on-tap Sportsnet crew on the 24th, um, watching some, you know, Cubs and White Sox baseball. You know, I, I again, Nick, I'm very kind of in line with you. I, I'll watch baseball no matter what. Um, obviously, uh, my attention will be focused more so on the Cubs, but – you know, there, like you said, you know, those two split squ- uh, split squad games to start the exhibition season. There's a lot of hype around the White Sox, and rightfully so. They did a lot this off season. A lot of big prospects are going to be coming up for them, so it's going to be an intriguing, you know, sixty game season for both teams. Really, here in Chicago, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, there's a lot of narratives that are going to play out. So it's just it's fun to finally stop talking about what ifs and actually and just really, seeing yeah. what's going to yeah. happen. Um, realistically, I think we're going to have at least one more episode before the season kicks off. It'll probably debut the day before the season kicks off uh, if mm. we get everything timed out accordingly, which will be awesome. Um, but speaking of this episode, I think it's a good time for us to start wrapping up. So Cody, Nick, uh, just quick – you know, just doesn't have to be very long at all. Uh, just some quick closing thoughts from you guys. Nick, I'll let you go ahead and start. All
2: right. Yeah, I mean uh, same kind of thing for me. I'm excited. Last season I was pretty pessimistic. I'm going to try to – avoid that this season, and be very optimistic, like the 16, 17, 15, all of those years, so hopefully I can go into the season, and hopefully the Cubs don't disappoint me, I this episode actually got me pretty pumped, I think it's going to get our listeners pumped, because it's like, <laughs> I feel good, I feel good about it, we talked about a lot of good people that, frankly, I kind of forgot about, you know, I didn't forget them, but you just remember, oh yeah, you got this piece, and that piece, and we got a lot of good pieces and I, I just hope they work out and I'm excited to see that second base battle. So hopefully in these next couple of games, the split squad games and such, they'll put a corner out there. Yeah. We'll see.
1: Yeah. Um Ron, you, you kind of hinted at it a couple times in this episode and then went away from it because you didn't want to do it. But I'm not doing it, man. We got nine <laughs> days. Nine <laughs> days to baseball. And Comcast and Marquee Sports Network still don't have a deal. Oh. I can't. I don't understand, guys. And, and then on top of it, they're they're playing the first game of the year. On, they're broadcasting on ESPN as well. And I can't even watch that because you can only get it if you're out of market. So... What the fuck? Like that, that 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 that's all I got. Um, nine days, guys. Nine days. <laughs> if we don't have this Reddit streams, this is the move, guys. Uh, you know, I know you guys said Hulu Reddit streams. Of if, if, if I if I can't get it on my paid cable package, I'm gonna go watch it for free on the internet. I'm sorry, that's what I'm gonna do. And it's a it's a damn shame because I would love you know to listen to Lou Pinella and and Mark Grace and whoever else is on their damn panel. Like break down these post games and and all of that stuff, but like I said, we got nine <laughs> days until the games start, and I can't even watch. I can't even watch the inter squad games. And it's a it's even more annoying when you got teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers. And then like today, I saw the Nationals. They were like they were live streaming the game on Twitter. Why aren't the Cubs doing that? Is, yeah, there, is there a deal that. with Marquis and and Sinclair? Are they not allowed yeah, to do yeah, that? Yeah, Probably it's not. That's such they bullshit. <laughs> that. yeah. yeah. That's and that's a the lot part. of
2: people are upset with them. I think
1: they should ratings. be. I I've been defending the Cubs about a lot of things. I I found a way to somewhat defend the Cubs about Addison Russell, which I didn't really defend Addison Russell. I just tried to get people to understand why they gave him a second chance. I didn't even exactly agree with it. But, but like this situation, it it's like this is
2: inexcusable.
1: This is this is just this is you putting money over the like the people who make you money, like quite obviously. <laughs> it's they're so, doing it
2: right in front of our faces.
1: It's so bad, oh yeah. man. Anyway, Juice wasn't here, so I. It, we had to end it with a rant, and there's my yeah, rant. Your
2: rant. Agreed, uh,
1: and I'm <laughs> I'm glad yours was a little more applicable because
0: uh, <laughs> we got a little bit before we got to talk about hating St. Louis. That's not until August, so um, that we'll we'll leave those rants for for our buddy Juice over there. But no, I I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you guys both on a lot of things. Obviously, the marquee thing is incredibly frustrating, Cody. So uh, you know what? I'm glad you got it off your chest. I'm glad you hopefully feel a little better. But it's and it's John- true though. What? <laughs> no, no, but it's true. I mean, there's a lot of Coast fans that are sitting here right now going, Great, I'm glad there's baseball in nine days, but I don't have fucking marquee because I have Xfinity. What yeah. is going on? You know, Why? help me out here and just get a deal done, even if it's Friday afternoon. You know how great that news will be? I might be out in the street popping a bottle of champagne, spraying it like we just won the Stanley Cup because I don't got to buy Hulu. Yeah, woo! Like, yeah. And you know, it's
1: it's i mean exactly it's well and my thing i was explaining to some some buddies earlier it's like okay what if they get a deal done like you know one or two days beforehand like so like what do we do after that like i don't know the process of that like is it just going to show up on my like tv like guide or yeah, whatever guys, it is like yeah like like what do i do i i and then, of course, they're probably, like, the explanation of all of it would probably be done really bad because that's so Cubs. And that's why it's just so frustrating because they could have – this This would be done now. It could have been done weeks ago. Dumb. So dumb, man. Oh, man. You're right, Ron. We could have done a whole podcast on this, and I just would have yelled, yelled, and yelled like I am right now. And <laughs> If the people are annoyed with it, I'm sorry. But –
0: no, I, I, I don't think people are annoyed with it because I think there's a lot of people out there that shade their exact same frustration as you do. I mean, if you're paying for a cable provider, you want your team to be on your cable provider. It's just normal. And, you know, when right now Xfinity, which dominates the Chicagoland market, you know, they don't have anything. At least you're not a direct TV person, though, because they don't even have NBC Sports Chicago either. So they're just really shit out of luck. Shout out to our boy uh, Pat Comiskey. He doesn't get to watch any White Sox or Hawks games, um, so he's in a real bad spot. But nonetheless, I agree with you guys wholeheartedly. I, I think just my closing, you know, thought really quick is: um, I'm just excited. I'm excited. There's baseball. We're going to be able to talk live baseball. Um, I want to inform our listeners that we will be having daily episodes. That's right. If you're newer to the Cubs on Tap scene, you with here, uh, um, and you know, this season of that will finally be. Um, Last year, we did we did episodes every single day as soon as the podcast was launched. We launched actually about this time last year. So we're, we're coming up on the one-year celebration of Cubs on Tap. So cheers to you guys, um, getting to be a part of that. But you know for us, it's going to be huge. Uh, we're going to do daily recaps of each game. We're going to preview the next game. It's a big deal. Uh, you'll probably get some good adventures and good stories out of those. Those are fun podcasts, ladies and gentlemen. They're short. They're like 35 minutes. They're a good listen um, just to start your day off um can attest that nick and i did one at about 4 a.m chicago time after i got back from the bar that was a good time um that was whole, all started with the night with me telling the story that what happened at the bar and nick and you know nick laughed hysterically the whole time it was a good time we had a good a lot of fun with it and we got a good we got a good cubs on tap crew here so we really hope you guys tune in with us each and every episode that you can again they're going to be just short synopsis you couldn't catch the game you don't have marquee sports for some reason you can come talk to us over here at Cubs on Tap send us questions we can talk about those on the pods whatever whatever y'all want send us some stuff interact with us we'll be very vocal during the 60 game season not only from our personal pages but as well as the Cubs on Tap page um will just bring you the best content we can over here at on Tap Sportsnet and I do want to remind you that Cubs on Tap is the official Cubs podcast of the on tap sports network you can find all of our work at www.ontapsportsnet.com uh, again we got cubs obviously listen to some of that right now we got bears bulls blackhawks and yes cubs fans we have every every one of us has a friend that's a white Sox fan or a family member go ahead and send them our way too because our guys over on the south side coverage team do a damn good job and we love them just as much because they're on tap brethren but um you know they, they, they don't root for the right, the right team on the side of chicago but that's okay um, that being said, not only can you catch us on the interwebs, you can also catch us on social media. We are at OnTap Sportsnet. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, Summer of George, crushing it right now with corn dogs. Uh, big shout out to uh, Mr. George as well. He put up a valiant fight at the Chicago Dogs game for OnTap Sportsnet <laughs> last week, but uh, – the old homeboy Ron Luce still took home the victory with 14 hot dogs to his 13. Oh, so. we should
1: have congratulated you at the <laughs> beginning of the show, man. I completely That's, forgot. That is. It that was, was a wild, wild uh, race. Yes. Uh, I uh, it, to watch it go on. I, you know, I kind of felt sick myself. They looked like they're miserable the entire yes, time. Well. I think I
0: finally, <laughs> I finally just burned off the weight that I gained from that day, and it's been about over <laughs> a week now. So. Uh, yeah, it was it was bad, but uh, nonetheless, we got great content there. Um, so again, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and, and Twitter um, are our main outlets. And once again, on the interwebs, www.ontapsportsnet.com. The ONTAP Sports Network, go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. This was a, a beefy episode. We talked about a lot of good stuff um, from the great crew here with Nick Hudson, Cody Del Mendo, and myself, Ron Luce. Uh, We thank you for listening to us, and uh, T-minus nine days, folks. We got baseball coming back real soon. Guys, let's get out of here the only way to know how to because it's going to be real here soon. Let's go, Cubbies.
1: Let's go, Cubs.